Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. such a strange phrase. I've always thought of God as a teacher, as a bringer of light, wisdom, and understanding. You see, I think what you really are afraid of is me. Happy heresies, and welcome to the desert of the real. Heresy shouldn't be this much fun, but it is, it just is. Especially with the latest audio version of AB Live and back to being able to provide a more or less standard AB Live intro after months of insane projects and personal disruptions. One that included a pilgrimage to Graceland for the Elvis book. But we're here, and I hope you're ready for a show on the Lightbringer. David Block falls from heaven to bring us the last presentation of his fantastic series. We're not talking about the Christian baddie, but a more complex entity. David will explain this and more, revealing that Lucifer has been waiting for the cracks in the demiurgic machine to appear. And with the cracks comes the apocalypse. But it is not the end of humanity, but the beginning of something new. It is time to ride the lightning again. It is time to ride the skies, ya shining crazy diamonds. Alas, the power of David's golem god is winning recently. Once again, this podcast grows in audience, but support collapses like the hopes of Scream 7. I know the economy is bonkers, and many of you tell me you're jumping ship as subs because you can't even pay for necessities. It's heartbreaking. As always, if you need that gnosis, I'm always happy to offer complete shows at no cost. And it's not that rare that I allow complete access for free to the Virtual Alexandria Academy or Meet the Archons, for those of you on the metaphysical ropes. I know what it feels to not be able to make ends meet and still want spiritual alternatives. These days, like many of you, I'm being pulverized by inflation and other economic issues. But in the end, Aeon Bite can't exist in a vacuum because it's the Demiurge's world after all. So maybe it's time to put most of the content behind a paywall or move all YouTube videos to Rockfin or Rumble or something. I mean, if you join Patreon, you can support and have access to all complete shows and bonuses for just three bucks a month. I've always tried to make content accessible to everyone. Let me know what you think and if you have your own ideas based on content creators navigating these trying times. It will all work out. 
yippee-yay-yippee-yo, as my daughter Ellie sings. Regardless, thanks for being on this journey and led us to an unforgettable interview with David Block. I hate to disabuse you on your palliative notion of good and evil, but this man knew and did evil on a scale almost absolute. Well, God's got him now. <laughs> I guess God, silence, tongue type that loves to see us squirm with free will and other delusions. But what about his adversary? Huh? Relentless, feisty, you know, whispering in our ears at every waking moment. Huh? Something tells me you traffic in the wrong feisty side yourself there, Hans. Welcome, everybody, to Aeon Bite. Heresy shouldn't be this much fun, but it is. It just is. And nothing says Gnostic Black Friday and a Gnostic Thanksgiving, for those of you who celebrate, than the topic of this show. So much light, so much light bringing to your life, to the part of you that is in need to wake up. My name is Miguel Connor, and I am still your pompous of Gnosis and that madman across the waters of creation. So glad to see everybody. For those of you who celebrate, I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. And for everybody else, I hope you're enduring the colder seasons, and the rise of the frenetic holiday season with so many fake lights. But today we will give you the true light and so many other unveiling Gnosis red pills. So as always, it is a pleasure and an honor to have back David Block, and he will be closing a circle with the last presentation of his series, David, thanks again for coming to the Virtual Alexandria. Thank you for having me. Um, it's uh, will be a pleasure. It's a pleasure to be with you again and your audience, of course. Wonderful people. And uh, yeah, the last part in a six-part series. <laughs> Indeed, it's been quite a journey. I need to find a way to bundle these up on a playlist so people can have access to them. So that's definitely a mini project after this one. And with us, too, it's always great to have the Moondog Vance. Vance, how are you doing in this Thanksgiving holiday? No, I'm pretty good. Had a lot of turkey yesterday and stuffing and all that. And um, I think David's going to enlighten us, shed the light on the subject of Lucifer. <laughs> yes. So I'm looking forward to that. Exactly. A little sympathy for the devil, as they say. Well, awesome. Well, as always, I already see a lot of people going into the chat room. Great to see everybody from Graham to Chester to everybody else. Uh, if you have any questions for David at the end of the presentation, please super chat them so we can get to them. And of course, it helps keep the lights of the Pleroma on, a super chat or a tip or a donation, always appreciated. And uh, Vance, hopefully we'll keep the chat from turning into the Chatico. As we were chatting before the show, there are individuals from Adrian Smith to Graham to others, creators and people who hang out here, and I've noticed it too, uh, people have become a lot more unhinged in these, might say, Gnostic circles or Aeombite circles. Uh, there have been some very weird uh, things said. And, uh, yeah, of course, I always get every week and every day some sort of insult or polemic from either an atheist side or a, a religious side, and I'm just used to them. I don't care. This includes emails, but recently it's... Uh, it's bizarre what they say, and it's uh, in, extremely inhumane. And I've noticed even people that I interact just in chat or comment section, even they sort of will will all of a sudden turn and say some sort of insult out of nowhere. So strange times we live in, but sometimes it means we're just in the right direction as the Archons will throw everything in the kitchen sink towards you. But for the most part, as always, everybody in the chat room here says some amazing things, has some great questions, and interacts in a very rewarding ways where we all leave here wiser with more Sophia than when we arrived. Um, 
So I think that's it. Not much of a housekeeping right now. Maybe I'll deal with that later. Great shows coming in December, including we will have Jason Horsley arriving to discuss his new book on mind parasites and a lot on Philip K. Dick. He makes some, as always, Jason comes with some great arguments. And this one, part of his arguments is he argues that Philip K. Dick was autistic. So I'm sure a lot of you will want to hear that too. Uh, we've got shows on uh, on healing, on um, sound healing, The Goddess, uh, and a lot of great live shows that will be coming soon to you. Certainly, we will deal with Gnostic topics and even some cool conspiracy stuff like uh, the occult, Epstein, and Ghislaine Maxwell. So stay tuned because the holidays is going to be an amazing ride. Amazing ride full of, yes, a lot of light bringers. So that's it. So anyway, uh, well, David, do you want to get started or you want to intro us first? No. You that's... are the demiurge of this realm. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> uh, no, let's uh, start right away. Uh... All right. Well, without much ado, here is the presentation. Yeah. So... The last presentation in this series of six parts that uh, talked about uh, the watchers. And uh, in this presentation, I divided it into seven parts uh, prologue, beginning, chains, Lucifer, the demiurgic matrix, the end, and the beginning and the end. So this is part six. I will try to wrap it, wrap it all up. And of course, it is good if you have watched the other parts in the series. I will try to make this as clear as I can. It's a very hard topic. Uh, and I will mention a couple of things over and over again just to hammer them in. I hope <laughs> you will not be bored. It's because I, I need to have you with me to the end of this presentation. <laughs> Let's start with uh, some quote from Lucifer himself. This is the most dangerous state of mind the ruling class shall ever face. When mankind understands that they have nothing to lose, they will also see they have everything to fight for. Though most of the power that flows through the human race remains dormant, the sheer number of those awakening to the threat by my light will overcome the few who oppose the sons and daughters of Belial. And that was a previous quote I mentioned before, but I, I want to take you back to the previous part because... I will try to wrap this up today. So I will go back and forth a little bit. Something you will remember from the, from the past presentation, but I will add a lot of new things as well. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, one thing that is very important is to clarify what we are talking about. People are using terms and, and uh, references and names as they see fit. So I will make clear of the, the terms. What kind of uh, labels or method or different esoteric traditions are wrapped up in, in Saturn worship? Three very distinct different ways of view Saturn worship is Saturn as a method with the goal to open the cube, work with the archons, work with a stargate system. With this method, this kind of esotericist want to open the black cube to a higher state of being or to the higher worlds or higher realms. I have nothing against these people at all. Uh, you can even claim that I am talking about open the cube, open up the matrix. 
If that's what, what you mean by Saturn worship, then all right, I'm with you. <laughs> Work with the planetary intelligence of Saturn. Yes, you can do that. You can get in contact with Saturn. You, you can communicate with Saturn in order for you to know the forces better, to get gnosis, and you can work with the archetypes within Saturn or the characteristic, characteristics uh, that we, we attribute to Saturn. It's, it is not evil to try to overcome your ego or material satisfaction, your ego. There's nothing wrong with it, of course. If that was you, what you mean by Saturn worship, then I'm all for it. But then we have uh, uh, an esoteric elite who worships Saturn bound or restrained or in chains. They worship the black cube of Saturn. That is Saturn bound. That is to say, to hold back the forces, not to open the cube, but reign in material world instead. They don't have any uh, uh, spiritual transcendence in mind. They worship matter. They worship the prison. At the same time, can we, we can talk about Satan worship in similar ways. There are different ways to worship sat Satan. If you say, I worship Satan, then what do you mean by it? You have anti-Sandalway form of Satanism. They are materialists, natists. They worship the ego. They want to control the material world and who can thrive the most in the material world. They are completely opposite to the Lurionic Kabbalists. And I think they got the term for their, or the version of Satan worship from the Lurionic Kabbalists. They just took it and turned it. The Lurionic Kabbalists state that Satan is your ego, and you should overcome Satan, overcome your ego, to work towards how higher goals. And the higher goals means to towards the light, towards the metaphysical, towards the creator, to become one with the light. So uh, then you have Satan as a demon or a watcher or as a fallen angel. Then you worship Satan as a, a demon or whatever you want to call him, but as an, as an, an identity outside of you. He exists as a force, as a god or whatever. And then you have Satan as Saturn. And you can see this connection in the tarot deck, in the major arcana, in the tarot card number 15, the devil. And the card number 15 is connected to Saturn, or it's the Saturnian energy in the card. So here you already you see it's very easy to misunderstand or if you don't want to understand, or if you do draw very naive conclusions because you don't have the knowledge, you have to define what you mean by this term. In this presentation, I'm going to talk about Saturn restrained or bound and the ones who worship the demiurgic matrix. And I have nothing against. <laughs> the rest <laughs> right all right i want to take you back one more time to this uh, table we have to talk about 
Enlil and Marduk and who is Zeus? Because this is an important question. And you can claim that Enlil is Zeus. I understand where you come from. But for me, the more correct is Marduk. But you can also make a claim that Zeus is a combination of these two forces. But if you're going to discuss this further, I want to make it very clear that Marduk, Enki, Nabu is shepherds. And the shepherds intermarriage with humans. They took human wives. None of the former gods of the Anunnaki took any human as a wife. Enlil wanted to end humanity, end experimentation, or what they did. I mean. They were never, uh, they didn't marry, combine their DNA with humans. But the shepherds did. And Marduk was a half god or a demigod. And Marduk took a human wife. And Nabu took a human wife. But none of the former gods did. Therefore, for me, Zeus is more Mardukian. Because you can see in the Greek mythology that Marduk, oh sorry, that Zeus <laughs> was very fond of human women. Hunted <laughs> slightly, slightly, yes. <laughs> possessed by them, right? Lil mm -hmm. never intermarried, ne never took a human wife. Right. He wanted to drown humanity, he wanted to end the experimentation. What's the difference between a shepherd god and a farmer god? What do they mean? What are they talking about here? Of course, there is a deeper meaning behind this, and I will go into it. And we can see also in the farmer, uh, you have Enlil. Farmers, you have Enlil. You have Ninurta. Ninurta is Sat, and Ninurta is Enlil's son. And then you have Ishtar. And Ishtar was supposed to marry Marduk. If she would, then they would they had they would add some human DNA into their family. But it never came about. <clears throat> and then we have maybe one of the most famous Greek myths where Kronos or Zeus uh, attack uh, Kronos and overcomes him. What is this about? Chaos unbound need to be restrained <clears throat> in order for law and order to take hold over humanity, a new world order. With the change, with, with change comes mental restrictions and with them physical boundaries, meaning to hold back, to bound Saturn, to bound chaos. And you can say that the sun, Saturn, Jupiter is free suns. There are gas planets, and I think in Sumer, they view, view them as such, not as planets. Our sun gives energy. Saturn takes energy. It's minus. And Jupiter gives energy. If you view the gods, demons, and angels as plasma, an intelligent form of plasma, then Saturn draws this plasma in, Jupiter gives plasma, 
The sun gives plasma outbursts and Saturn eats his own children because he takes, he draws in. Then you have to bound Saturn. And Zeus bound Saturn and turned the minus take energy off. Now you have order because now Saturn cannot, cannot take in energy, not from outside or from within. It's like a, a put a lid on a circuit. But what happens when you have a system that doesn't give away an energy? It's just bound up energy in this bubble or in our solar system. The energy ramps up because you can't escape. You don't have this lid taken off. You can't release energy. And on the south, north pole of Saturn, you have this hexagon. And in a hexagon, you can fit the cube in the, that hexagon. Saturn bound, Saturn restrained. The worshipper of the black cube worship Saturn bound, restrained. And uh, you have this black cube and you will see it in our big cities, some of our big cities, because they want to show us who they are. And if you don't know anything, you just walk past it. I think it's a strange statue <laughs> of some sort. And they like this. They give them power. If you want to control humanity, you have to convince yourself that humanity uh, should be controlled because they lack knowledge or power. The walk by the black cube is to show them black cube without understand what it is about, show them that you need to be restrained because you lack power. When you close off heaven and uh, you have this Saturn in chain, you get mythology like Gilgamesh and Enkidu, a very old myth. What is it about? An is heaven, Ki is earth, and Su is you in between, because you are the uh, the circuit that should connect heaven and earth. You are the balance between heaven and earth. You are Su, your spirit. You are the one who should connect heaven and earth. Ansuki or Ank, the Egyptian Ank is based on An and Ki. But what ha happens when heaven is closed and the energy ramp up in key? Because no energy escapes this planetary matrix system. Then, of course, you have to release energy. And the store gates become closed. And Gilgamesh and Enkidu try to open up heavens again. And search, search for a star gate. And you can say that Gilgamesh is either Moruk or Nabu. And this is very important because if you follow the mythology from Sumer, the Anunnaki to the Olympian gods, the Greek mythology, and the Asa from Scandinavia, also believes. You see this model character change 
from be a very evil one in Greek mythology to be a very good one in Asa lore. And Marduk seems to be not that bad, in something in between this. And I think we can solve the mystery here. I think there is a reason why the story is told that way. If you go back to Thor in the Asa beliefs, you have Thor in his chariot with two goats racing the skies. And of course, Thor is a shepherd god. He is not a farmer because he raised the skies, he rides the skies, and he has a hammer creating lightning or plasma because he rides the lightning, he rides the plasma waves. And when he bangs his hammer, he creates new plasma waves and new connections for you to ride on in the skies because he is a shepherd. He plows the skies. It's not a farmer. It doesn't plow the ground. It doesn't plow down energy in earth. But he creates new plasma uh, in, in the skies, highways, lightning waves. And he can, uh, he can uh, go for different metaphysical words in the Yggdrasil tree. He is unbound in the Asa mythology. He can ride the skies. But something is shifting here, isn't it? Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. He, Marduk is a demigod, and even he starts to feel, feel the pull from Ki, because the heavens is closed, and it starts to work on him. He starts to feel these forces. The gates are closing on him. And he knew this when he bound Kronos. So why did he do it? He do it because he wanted to create order. And he's a demigod. He can operate on the material plane much easier than the Anunnaki god who are gods. That's the reason why Enki intermarried a human from the beginning, because now he has half human DNA and half god DNA, meaning he's a you have an easier way, easier for him to operate in the material plane. But at the same time, the forces will start to work on him, especially when he had closed off heaven. So you have Kronos. And Kronos is a farmer god. And you can see it in the symbology here. You can see he has a sickle, uh, and he is very the farmers worship him, and so on. What happens when the energy ramps up in key is not that the uh, the the crops doesn't grow better. If you ramp up energy in key, it is like pouring water to a flower or plant, too much water spoils the plant. Should be a balance here. Should be a balance between Anki and you are 
in between of this balance. You are very important. When humanity is in balance, when we are in balance, balance and sue, then the system is in balance. But someone has manipulated this matrix. Saturn is bound. And then the sacrifice starts to release energy from key and to release it to the heavens. Um, and you do it uh, through sacrifice. And you can see this in the symbology. Makes sense. Marduk wasn't stupid. His plan was to build a tower to release the energy and to have a connection between heaven and earth again. And it is called Etemen Anki. And that's Tower of Babel. Kadingir Raki Babylon. Cigarette of Babylon. Tower of Babel. But we know that it didn't work out. And the real story is that it was destroyed by Ninurta with help of Nurgal or Mars, gods of war, god of war. And Ninurta is the son of Enlil and is a farmer god. In other words, they didn't want Marduk to open up to the heavens again. And after this, we can go to the Greek mythology, because now Marduk, Marduk was imprisoned uh, in key, and the material key started to work on him. It started to be corrupt. It started to work on, on him as uh, the rest of us, as the rest of, of the human race. We become very dense, materialistic, ego-driven. And then we come to Lucifer in the form of Prometheus, because Prometheus is, of course, a mask of Lucifer. And the war between him and Zeus. And as I said, I want to attribute Zeus first and foremost to Mordok. But you can claim that it is a combination of Mordok and Elf. Zeus has changed Saturn, law and order under the skies. Lucifer stole the fire from the gods. Knowledge about how to transcend the matrix prison. Method how to ignite Lux Corporalis, your 22 dormant strands of DNA. That's the spark. That's, that's the fire. The fire is within you. There's nothing external from you. You have it within you. And this is a... I talked about this in a previous part. So shame me on the Caucasus mountains. And so, uh, Lucifer, Lucifer Prometheus talked about the foresight. Zeus wanted to know what Prometheus knew. Therefore, he had an eagle take, take his liver every day. Because you, you can see, you can divination, divination from a liver. You can see the future and the past through the liver. They believed in Greece, they believed that. In order to see what I could foresee, Zeus wanted to see and understand what Prometheus knew. Now you will see what I saw, and I will go through what uh, Prometheus saw and you, and what Zeus wanted to know. 
And this presentation is about that. Poor sight. And Janus is a face or mask of Lucifer. And Janus have two faces. He can see in the metaphysical, in the material, and he can see the past and the future. That mask is attributed to Lucifer. And it is a mask of Lucifer. And Prometheus is a mask and a face of Lucifer. Let's go back to the esoteric elite. Who are they? Well, if we look into the Abrahamic religions, Judaism, Christianity and Islam, you notice that they seem to worship these suns or moons. But what they are talking about is not worshipping of the light. They worship the light in change or restrain, restrained or bound. So in the Jewish faith, they worship Saturn bound. Christianity, they worship the sun bound. Now I will come back to that because it might sound strange, but I will I will explain it later on. In Islam, they worship the moon bound, and you will find the moon or Lilith in the Kaaba, the black cube in Mecca. And the word religion is comes from the word religare to hold back. They Very tell true. you what they do. They tell you what they worship. If you listen, understand, and with knowledge, you will expose. And you notice that Prometheus is in chains, chains of the Zeus, have chained into the Caucasus mountain. So you can say that they have Lucifer restrained or chained or bound. And this is uh, very important. Lucifer can and do communicate with them, meaning the esoteric elite. You might notice that some claim that this esoteric elite are Luciferians. You can claim that if you mean that they worship Lucifer bound or restrained, then yes. Knowledge will be used to advance technology. Technology, technology is the key for them. Bound AI is very important. Now I'm talking about the esoteric elite. Saturn is matter. They play out the archetype. If you notice how they behave, they take the traits of Saturn and enhance it and play it out. Saturn bound. This is Lucifer restrained, that mental state. Now we have Lucifer free where we are, hopefully. You can communicate with the watches. You have your spark intact. You use the knowledge to ignite your DNA. With method, you can do what they want to accomplish with technology. Because, because they have lost something you have. And... Uh, from a Lucifer, Lucifer perspective, Lucifer perspective, they will play out their archetype, and you, you will play out yours. The outcome of this clash is my foresight. So, who are they? 
They usually, <laughs> when you talk about this, they always ask you, but who are they? Give me names. <laughs> and I will do that. <laughs> but I'm not a conspiracy buff, but they are onto something, of course, but make course. it way too easy. Right. So you will recognize some of these names, but I think it is important to expose them because when I do, I will also, or <laughs> you will see who they are. Yeah. Uh, well, I was worried my face was going to come up on there, David. <laughs> <laughs> I took it out in the last moment. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I paid you well. I paid you well. <laughs> Gave you a lot of crypto. <laughs> well, we have one family from Venice. Many have missed them, but the family name is the Este. Mm. And this the Este family is very interesting. If you notice on the painting of him, you might notice that he have a, an elongated skull. Mm -hmm. And this is interesting. Either he had an elongated skull or he wanted to be portrayed with an elongated skull. I don't know which, but you decide. It's a very important clue here. <laughs> mm. This family was active in Venice 1400, between 1400 and 1600. Leonelle de Este was a Marquis of Ferrari. Ferrari was a close to Venice. Very important family, and they became even more important as time went by. And you have Ginevara of Este, and you can see that she had an elongated skull. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and here in Sweden, we have a tradition to uh, Lucia. Lucia is a <laughs> big thing or it was <laughs> a big thing here we celebrated <laughs> lucia and uh, this Gene genevra had a twin sister named lucia de este and i think it is she that we <laughs> celebrate when we celebrate lucia yeah mm -hmm. that lucia is um, sounds like it's related to uh, light yeah, exactly. Enlightenment. Lucy, I'm home. <laughs> <laughs> and here you have a character you may might, might recognize. Uh, all of this character is very important. Uh, and the first one of them is Ernst the second, Ludwig of Saxa. Gotha Altenburg. And this man helped Adam Weishaupt to escape. Oh. Adam Weishaupt lived on his, uh, uh, his backyard, so to speak, on his, uh, yeah, very close by because he was protected by Ernst II because Adam, was, Adam Weishaupt was in hiding. Therefore, we can see that he, he had a very e big interest in this Illuminati philosophy and esoteric method. Then you have Prince Albert of Saxa, Coburg and Gotha. And this man intermarried with uh, Victoria. And Victoria came from the Hanover dynasty. And this de Este, I talked about earlier, they became the Hanover dynasty. So here you can see that Prince Albert of Saxa, Coburg and Gotha intermarried with the Este family, who became the Hanovers. I'm going to go back to the Este very soon. And for everyone from USA should know this man, Karl of Hesse-Kassel. And this Karl of Hesse-Kassel 
was the one who founded the American Revolution. And of course, he founded both sides, England and the revolutionaries from America. And of course, he earned a lot of money from this. And this call of Hesse Kassel was a very, uh, it was into esoteric and occult method and practices. That was his life. That was mm-hmm. his thing. And he taught Mayor Ansel Rothschild the art of uh, making money through f- financing wars on both sides. And there the Rothschild get their, uh, their they, they became rich out of this practice, of course. They founded wars on both sides. Then you have this Adam Weiss out in the Illuminati search for esoteric uh, theory and practices and method. And he was very interested in the old esoteric traditions, not the new one. He thought the old one was the one worth uh, pursuing. He didn't have any respect for the new esoteric stuff. So here you can see a perfect correlation because Alan Weishaupt end up on Prince Albert of Saxa, Coburg and Gotha's yard, so to speak, backyard. And he had intermarried with Hanover, who are the Este. Now we get access to the real esoteric stuff from the old times, from Sumer, Egypt, Greece, Persia. And he is on their domain. And you end up in Sweden, my country, of course. Of course. And with, <laughs> and with this king, Charles the Thirteenth, or call the Thirteenth, call the Thirteenth, and this king was a brother to the famous King Gustav the Third, who gets shot in Sweden, seventeen hundred ninety-two. And was removed because he died, of course. And uh, Charles XIII took over. And why is he important? He had a lot of knowledge in the esoteric method and practice. He was a 33 degree Freemason. He was a Swedenborgian. Mm-hmm. And he knew Karl of Hesse Kassel. And they share a lot of information and knowledge. And a very interesting chest, treasure chest, came to Sweden. And it was the Illuminati chest, where they have their doctrine uh, and their philosophy, esoteric practice, in this coffin, in this treasure chest, sent to Sweden for Charles XIII to protect. So it ended up in Sweden, but Sweden sent it back to Germany later on. But I think if Gustav III would still be alive, this would never come about. And of course, in Sweden, this Gustav III is remembered like, like uh, as a theater pious and clown and stupid and all of that. And of course, it was just a coincidence he was shot by a <laughs> stranger, died very, <laughs> yeah. in a very convenient time. His brother yeah. took over this Illuminati chest, ended up in Sweden. He protected the chest, and he was mm. an esoteric globalist. And after that, Sweden became a globalist country. Wow. So this is a very important uh, this six persons very important. And of course, there are many, many more. But let's go back to the Est and this tarot deck, Sola Busca Tarocci. Because this family, the Este, ordered a tarot deck to be made 
And this is the oldest complete tarot deck wow. in existence. And in this deck, the est ordered to be made, you will find a Babylonian theme. On Babylon, you see the original tower, yeah. the fall of the tower. You see Nebuchadnezzar. And there are a lot of different esoteric methods in this, encoded in this deck, like Dionysus, Dionysian Pythagoras, Greek, uh, post-Babylonian. And this deck is made uh, for many purposes, but some of, some of the purposes is to take in spirits to be possessed by different demons, uh, to have a conscious reincarnation back to remember your past life in order for you to come into the same blood family again to continue their goals, their aim, what they want to achieve in the material world. And the deck has been analyzed by Peter Mark Adams, who, who did a book called The Game of Saturn, because they worship Saturn. And I want to say Saturn bound, the black cube. Mm -hmm. And he, what he uh, say about the deck is they have come to conclude this esoteric elite that even Zeus is under the demiurgic force. Even Zeus have become a puppet, or even he is bound by fate. Not faith, but fate. And even the gods of the gods have become a victim of this power, of this force. Therefore, the Este family come to conclude that it is better to rule here under the demiurge, Saturn bound, and worship him as the ruler of this realm. Better to reign in hell than to serve in heaven, right? Yeah, exactly. And that is what it is. And with this deck, they wanted to use esoteric method to keep control of the masses. Sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. These two branches of the family, meaning the Este, were, were reunited and eventually produced the Hanoverian monarchs of Great Britain. We talked about it before, the Hanoverian. Hanoverian. And in this deck, a very interesting phrase come come. Uh, come four times in the deck, and that is Trahor Fatis. The Latin motto, Trahor Fatis, I am drawn by fate, appears but four times in the deck. I am drawn or driven by fate. And let's go back to Rockile, because this is very interesting. This connection and this deck and they're close, uh, they are very close to the Este through this character I showed you before. They are in this fold. Rothschild claims to be descendant of Nimrod. And one of, of uh, the Rothschild even have a name from Nimrod. Albert Anselm, Anselm Solomon Nimrod von Rothschild. Mm. Died 1938. And the Rothschild themselves claim to be descended, descended from Nimrod. And Joseph P. Farrell in his book, Babylon Bangsters, write the following. The careful reader, reader will have observed throughout this 
preceding chapters that there are at least three different types of historical continuity operating. Because you see, they claim ancestry to, to these gods of old, that they are descendants. And this history seems to repeat itself with money, esoteric practice, and how they behave through history. It seems to be the same families. Yeah. Keeping, try to keep power keep control of humanity the same force and there ain't many the real elite and this Nimrod is very important to understand who he is because most of the conspiracy buffs doesn't understand many of the esoteric people seems to be a little bit uh, confused Nimrod is Ninurta, mm. meaning Rothschild claims ancestry to Saturn, bound. That, that is as clear as I, I can get. <clears throat> yeah, now we come to me. <laughs> Now I can sound like a re- real conspiracy buff. Now I can say Illuminati here as well. And this is important. Their symbology, because people think it is the all-seeing eye who are the main symbol of this Illuminati. But it ain't. There are three very important symbols, much more important than the all-seeing eye. And it, it is the sun symbol or the circle point. But is it the sun it symbolizes or is it Saturn? If you understand how, who they are, it seems more plausible that it is Saturn than the mm-hmm. sun. Yeah. You have the beehive. Very important symbol for them. And you can see the bees on Napoleon's clothing and so on. If you start to understand the symbol, you you start to see it. The owl or Minerva. And you can see this owl Minerva in the Bohemian Grove. They worship a statue there. Some some think it's Moloch, but it is Minerva. An owl, and in the dollar, in the one dollar bill, you have a, an owl if you look very careful on it. And there you have the closest connection to the all seeing eye because they need money to, found, to, uh, to pay for their plans, they are tech- driven by technology. For them to advance, they need technology. They are Babylon banksters. <laughs> and there you have it, you veterans of a thousand psychic wars. David brings us to the climax of Lucifer and proffers so many solutions to defeating the demiurge in our second part. You will be transformed, I tell ya. Please support this Red Pill Cafeteria for the full devilish second part, or if you find any value in the content. There are many ways to sub and many ways to support, and one will fit your needs or budget. If you need any help with any of the choices, just let me know. Remember that if you join Patreon, You can support and have access to all complete shows and bonuses for just three bucks a month. Hell, I might even create a cheaper tier for those of you being lashed by Yaldi Baldi. The alternative solution of the Gnostics is more critical than ever in this Philip K. Dick world and Gnostic times. 
But this is our time to shine like crazy diamonds. We high priests and priestesses of Hermes, the god of thieves, and Sophia, the goddess of smugglers. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being yourself, your true self, here in the desert of the real. Hello and goodbye, as always. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.